Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 83. In today's podcast, we're talking about everything you should know about how honey can help heal your pets and you. Why you should be wary of the injectable antibiotic called Candenia and consider these options. The FDA's double standard on pet food regulations or lack thereof. Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Lastly, I encourage you to get a copy of my free book. It's at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. Everything you need to know about honey. Honey has high levels of monosaccharides, fructose, and glucose, and it contains about 70 to 80% sugar, providing it sweetness. It has antiseptic and antibacterial properties. Modern medical science has managed to find uses for honey in chronic wound management and combating infection. So what are many of the array of benefits of honey for our dogs and cats and even ourselves? In this episode of the podcast, I'm actually going to be including 10 different specific benefits. And if you have yet to use honey with your dogs or cats, I really encourage you to do so. Number one, for healing wounds and burns. People have consumed honey for thousands of years for its health benefits. There have been some cases in which people have reported positive effects of using honey and treating wounds. A review published in the Cochrane Library indicated that honey can be able to help heal burns. The lead author of the study said that topical honey is less expensive than other interventions, notably oral antibiotics, and can have some really positive benefits. Number two, reducing the duration of diarrhea. According to research-based reviews on honey, it has been shown to decrease the severity and the duration of diarrhea. Honey also promotes increased potassium and water intake, which is particularly helpful when experiencing diarrhea. Research that took place in Nigeria suggests that honey also has the ability to block the actions of pathogens that commonly cause diarrhea, i.e. clostridia. Number three, preventing acid reflux. Recent research has shown that honey can reduce the upward flow of stomach acid and undigested food by lining the esophagus in the stomach. This has helped to reduce the risk of gastroesophageal reflux disease, also known as GRED, in people. It can cause inflammation, acid reflux, and heartburn. For many of our dogs and cats, we'll often prescribed uh, these antacids that help deal with acid reflux. Uh, the most common one is Pepsid. Honey is another real realistic option and one unfortunately that I didn't use in practice but you now have access to. Number four, fighting infections. I mean this is a big one, right? So there is so much research showing the benefits of honey as its ability to fight infections. In 2010, scientists from the Academic Medical Center at the University of Amsterdam reported in the FASEB journal that honey's ability to kill bacteria lies in a protein called Defensin-1. A more recent study in the European Journal of Clinical Microbiology showed that a certain type of honey called Manuka can help prevent the bacteria Clostridium difficile from settling in the body. It's known for causing severe diarrhea and sickness. There are a number of studies showing that Manuka honey may even be effective against these really resistant bugs called one called MRSA or methicillin resistant Staph aureus. The lead author and physician, Dr. Jenkins, concluded, Manuka and other honeys have been known to have wound healing and antibacterial properties for some time, but the way in which they act is still not known. If we can discover exactly how Manuka honey binds and inhibits MRSA, it could be used even more frequently as a first-line treatment for infections with bacteria that are resistant to many of the currently available antibiotics. 
Manuka honey may even help reverse bacterial resistance to antibiotics, according to research presented in the journal Letters in Applied Microbiology. A study published in the journal Pediatrics compared honey to placebo in helping children with a cough during the night found that honey was superior. The researchers concluded, honey is a preferable treatment for cough and sleep difficulty associated with child URI or upper respiratory infections. In the scientific world journal, researchers even provided data confirming this, that natural honey was even as effective, if not more effective, uh, than this specific antiseptic solution called Usol in reducing wound infections. In the literature, you know, there are several studies that demonstrate the efficiency of honey against bacteria really important to human health and as well health of our dogs and cats. For example, it's effective against E. coli, Pseudomonas, Salmonella, as an example. Honey has showed excellent antibacterial activity against all bacteria studied, so specifically it can be beneficial for urinary tract infection, skin lesions, you know, and some of the gut infections. It should be considered an alternative treatment against such infections. Number five, relieving cold and cough symptoms. Currently, the WHO recommends honey as a natural cough remedy. The American Academy of Pediatrics also recognizes honey as a treatment for cough. A 2007 study by Penn State suggested that honey reduced nighttime coughing and improved sleep quality in children with upper respiratory infection to a greater degree than the cough medicine dextromethorphan and without all those secondary side effects. Those exact same uh, results are being shown out with our animals. And early on in veterinary practice for years, I recommended go to the pharmacy, get the cough suppressant. Turns out the entire time I should have been recommending honey. Never mind the side effects that you can see from dextromethorphan. Number six, allergies. I have actually written extensively on the potential benefits of honey with allergies. And so what we're doing here is we're using small amounts of raw honey and it's under the premise that we have bees that are out there. They are using pollen and turning that into honey. And if your dog is to take a small amount of that honey, uh, say throughout an eight to 12 week period, it is possible that they can then desensitize themselves to whatever allergen uh, that they have that's triggering their allergies. The big caveat here is that your one, your dog needs to have atopy. This is environmental allergy. And two, they have to be allergic to some type of pollen, for instance, that the honeys are, that the bees are actually using to turn into honey. As far as like a, stip, a typical dose, it's a really small amount, about a quarter of a teaspoon per 10 pounds of body weight daily. But you're gonna have to give that for a minimum of eight weeks. I prefer doing it for 12 weeks to see whether or not it's gonna be effective and it needs to be raw, unpasteurized, local honey. Number seven, for urinary tract infections, for eye infections. Many of our dogs, for instance, can get these sort of chronic recurring urinary tract infections. You can be dealing with courses and courses of antibiotics. I can think back in veterinary practice where used to, in some dogs, just prescribe antibiotics as an ongoing basis. Honey works by concentrating, gets metabolized by the kidney, makes its way concentrating into the bladder. And what does it do? It can actually prevent that bacterial infection from taking hold in the first place. A great natural option. Third, as an alternative for an eye, treating eye infections topically. A cup of black tea, you can add in one teaspoon of raw unpasteurized honey, mix that in and apply four to five drops to your dog's eye three to four times a day for five to seven days. A really good option for eye infections. Number eight, research on honey's effectiveness against cancer. Many scientists have now focused on the antioxidant property of honey. Studies indicate that the ingestion of honeybee products such as honey potentially can help prevent cancer. 
Through the use of human renal cells, the anti-proliferative activities, apoptosis, and the anti-tumor activity of honey were investigated. Honey decreased cell vi viability in malignant cells regardless of concentration and time. Honey induced apoptosis, that cell death of human renal cancer cells, according to honey concentration, and apoptosis plays a really important role. Most of the drugs used in the treatment of cancer are apoptosis apoptotic inducers, i.e. these chemotherapeutic drugs. So the apoptotic nature of honey is considered vital. Number nine, being antiviral. And let's take, for example, influenza. The anti-influenza virus activity honey from several sources has been studied. The results have shown that honey in general, and particularly Manuka honey, has potent inhibitory activity against the influenza virus, demonstrating a potential medicinal value. In addition to honey, propolis has also been studied against the flu virus and appears to decrease the activity of the flu virus. Honey, especially Manuka honey, has strong antiviral properties. Studies have now shown that honey has action against the varicella zoster virus, the respiratory syncytial virus, and also anti-influenza activity. Number 10, being an antifungal. You know, most people might associate fungi with you know, organic matter that's decomposing, but there are certain fungal infections that people get called candida. Our dogs, especially our dogs with allergies, often have secondary fungal infections on the skin, these yeast infections. So in many cases, the options are very few as far as you know, conventionally. We're, we can be dealing with some really strong, potent, um, these antifungal, anti-yeast drugs. A real potential option is honey with its specific antifungal properties. So there are sort of my top 10 reasons why you should be really considering using honey. I wasn't aware of its potential benefits with cancer, which is huge, or even no, I didn't know it was even antifungal. So I'll be using it more. I encourage you to be using it more. There's an injectable antibiotic called Convenia, which can have serious and fatal side effects. There are some conditions in which cats are commonly given Convenia when antibiotics are not even necessary, and there are better options. So this article in large part comes from Dr. Lisa Pearson of catinfo.org. Convenia manufactured by Zotus is an injectable long-acting antibiotic that is labeled for the treatment of skin infections in dogs and cats. It exerts its antibacterial effects for approximately one to two weeks, but stays in the body for over two months. This is in contrast to antibiotics that are rapidly cleared from the body and need to be administered one to two times per day. Right, I mean, isn't this sound good, right? You get these difficult to medicate cats, you give them one shot and they're done. Unfortunately, as she says, the old adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. This likely is for Convenia. First of all, you need to be aware that most drugs have potential side effects. Convenia in particular. That said, with regard to Convenia, it's important to consider the fact that if a patient has an adverse reaction, there's no way to retrieve this long-acting drug from the body. You know, if an adverse reaction occurs after a short-acting drug, it's fine, you just take your dog off that oral antibiotic, but you can't do that with Convenia. The, these are some of the posted side effects that come from the Convenia drug insert. First, anaphylaxis. It's been reported with this product. If an allergic reaction or anaphylaxis occurs, a Convenia should not be administered again. Anaphylaxis requires treatment with epinephrine and other emergency measures, including oxygen, IV fluids, IV antihistamine, corticosteroids, and airway management as clinically indicated. Adverse reactions may require prolonged treatment due to the prolonged systemic drug clearance, which is 65 days. The following adverse events were reported voluntarily during the post-approval use of the product in dogs and cats. Death, 
tremors, ataxia, seizures, anaphylaxis, acute pulmonary edema, facial edema, injection site reactions, which include alopecia, scabs, necrosis, and erythema, hemolytic anemia, salivation, itchiness, arthritis, lethargy, vomiting, diarrhea, and inappetence. The most common reactions include anemia, tremors, ataxia, seizures, diarrhea, lethargy, anorexia, and death. So Dr. Pearson gives an example here of an animal that she'd seen by the name of Eddie. And Eddie came close to losing his life within days after receiving an injection of convenia. Obviously not at her clinic, at another clinic. He was given that after he went in for a routine dental cleaning. So the big point she's making here is, first of all, most animals that have dentistry do not need antibiotics and they sure don't need an injectable antibiotic. And her point that if you are to use an antibiotic for a dental disease, which is seldom, they're just gotta be pretty horrible established, say a tooth root abscess, for instance, seldom that's an issue with cats, but some veterinarians feel the need, you do it, you do an extraction, it needs to be an antibiotic. And seldom you see antibiotics prescribed in people, unless there is a pretty established infection. You want to use something that's much safer for cats, i.e. oral clavamox, not convenient. Then she gives the example of urinary tract disease and antibiotics. Cats commonly get a condition called FLUTD or feline lower urinary tract disease. 90% of the, of the time that does not involve a bacteria. There's inflammation of the bladder, there's blood, there's straining, but it is not bacterial. Most cats do not get urinary tract infections. That being said, it doesn't stop many veterinarians from prescribing antibiotics, even though no antibiotics are needed. It's much more common in dogs to get bacterial uh, urinary tract infections, but not in cats. So first of all, the communion never should be given, but unfortunately there are many cats that have FLUTD and they're being given convenia having secondary side effects. She talks about some different options. First, there's pills. But if you're going to be giving your cat a pill, your dog, you want to make sure you don't just dry pill them. You put the pill in and you follow that up with a small syringe, say five mils of water. So they don't have that pill stuck in their throat causing inflammation. She says to never use, there's two different pill antibiotics. One called clindamycin, sold under the brand name Antirobe. I used to use that in vet practice. Or another one called doxycycline, often used to treat ehrlichia. These medications are highly inflammatory and have caused fatal esophageal strictures. If your cat needs to be on clindamycin, needs to be on doxycycline, just make sure it's an oral liquid, not as a pill. Two, she suggests flavored liquids. Clavamox is a really good option for you to consider, and it can be given oral. I used to use a, quite a lot of clavamox uh, in practice. Good option for our cats. Then her last point is, if possible, consider having that antibiotic formulated so it can be put in transdermally. I mean, you're using, putting it into a cream and wiped on the surface of your cat's ear. Such a better way to get medication into your cat. And in summary, just be aware of, you know, what does your cat have? Does it even need an antibiotic? If it needs an antibiotic, just make sure it's something that's not going to harm your cat and really make sure it's not convenient. The FDA's double standard with pet food. So this big part of this article comes from uh, Susan Thixton and the truth about pet food. On Friday, May 1st, 2020, Bluebell Ice Cream pled guilty to two misdemeanor counts of distributing adulterated ice cream products and had to pay a criminal fine and forfeiture amount totaling 17.25 million. 
And this is what the Department of Justice said. American consumers rely on food manufacturers to take necessary steps to provide products that are safe to eat, said Assistant Attorney General Jody Hunt. The Department of Justice will take appropriate action where food manufacturers ignore poor factory conditions or fail to abide by required recall procedures when problems are discovered. So then she asked, you know, what does this criminal charges against an ice cream company have to do with pet food? It's undeniable evidence that regulatory authorities hold food companies that are for people and feed companies, i.e. considered pet food is considered feed, to two completely different standards. She said from the 2015 FDA inspection report, the Bluebell manufacturing plant failed to maintain food contact surfaces to protect food contamination. Keeping in mind that Bluebell's failure to protect food from contamination was in part responsible for a 19 million plea agreement with the U.S. Justice Department. Now let's look at the findings of an FDA inspection at a pet food manufacturing facility. In 2017, the FDA performed an inspection at the Mars Pet Care Facility. The FDA inspection report from this Mars pet care plant stated, failure to take adequate measure to exclude and prevent pests from the manufacturing and related areas of the firm poses a significant public health safety concern while also being a regulatory violation. The firm was warned about the seriousness of their German cockroach infestation during the previous comprehensive inspection dated 10-27-2016. Mars Pet Care had an identical failure as Bluebell. Different circumstances, but the same failure. You know, both companies failed to prevent food from being contaminated. Bluebell faces criminal charges. Mars Pet Care faced no criminal charge. They didn't even receive an FDA warning letter. From the Bluebell FDA inspection, equipment was found to be stored in an unclean metal milk can and a hose connecting the pump was dirty. The Mars Pet Care FDA inspection report found recorded sighting between one or up to millions of roaches and consumer complaints regarding the inclusion of insects in the firm's finished product. So here you have Bluebell's dirty hose contributing to a $19 million fine. Mars Pet Care, they have millions of roaches. And guess what? No fine, no warning. Another issue that led to criminal charges against Bluebell was that there was a silent recall. Bluebell directed its delivery route drivers to remove remaining stock of the two products from the store shelves, but the company did not recall the products or issue any formal communication to inform customers about potential listeria contamination. Whereas there's been numerous times over the years, pet owners have noticed a pet food quietly being removed from store shelves with no notice or public warning. As an example, in 2011, pet owners notified us of the, that the Price Chopper website listed a recall of multiple items pet foods, both cat food and dog food, for high aflatoxin levels, even though no public notice of the recall was issued. No formal communication to inform customers. Iams said that it was just a product pull. So here, Bluebell's product pull led to a $19 million fine. Iams' product pull was never investigated and led to no criminal charges. And so what she's saying is you know, what is criminal and prosecuted in food, i.e. ice cream for people, is ignored in food for our pets because they consider it feed. So if you are disagreeing with this double standard on how the FDA is regulating and then enforcing their laws around pet products, she's saying send them an email and I encourage you to do the same thing. It's at askcvm at fda.hhs.gov. So once again, thanks for listening on this edition of the Dr. Jones Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This was podcast 83. Questions or comments, send me an email at podcast.veterinarysecrets.com or just leave a comment after this podcast. I post every podcast on my blog. It's at theinternetpetvet.com. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again next week. This is Dr. Jones.